The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Hey everybody, <laughs> it's E3 time again, uh, heading out to uh, sunny LA to see the latest and greatest in video games. Uh, this is my brother, my brother, and me, and Vice for the Modern Era. I'm Justin, and the middle one's Travis and Griffin. But uh, I am Sinistar. I want to talk to our leading video game expert to get his predictions about what we're going to see oh, at the big fun. show. Uh, Travis McElroy, video games have come a long way since Pac-Man, uh-huh. uh, as I as I remember it. Um, maybe you could let us in on what what we can expect from interactive entertainment in uh, 2014 at, at, at E3. Well, the buzz is that they're gonna make uh, Pac-Man, but for girls. Uh, and what will the difference it's be? Fair. Justin asked with some a fair <laughs> amount of trepidation. It, uh, the Pac-Man will have female genitalia. <laughs> and it will okay. be visible. I always assumed Pac-Man's mouth was a vagina this whole time. Is mm-hmm. that incorrect? That, no, it is correct. Terrific. It'll just be more blatant. <laughs> Our fastest, most problematic episode to date. Um, uh, so what else can we expect from video games? Um, well, do you remember um, the Sonic game for Dreamcast in which uh, you could collect little animals and they were Chows. in your memory card? Chows. Cows? Yeah, they're going to take that, but turn it into a little standalone game. Standalone, in which you can you can like feed the animals and clean up their poop and exercise them. So like a Tamagotchi is what, like a what? Except they will die uh, within seconds. They're telling us uh, we need to wrap up our segment. Any other quick rapid fire predictions about the big show? Um, I think they're going to make a new Mario game. A That's new- probably now, when you say they. Uh huh. Video game people. The video game people are the, okay. the video gamesters. Jim Timdo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hi, my name is Jim Tindo. I've been making Mario games from my garage for the past thirty years, and I'm not going to do a goddamn thing different. It's all I know. His original name wasn't Mario; it was Mark. My brother Mark, <laughs> who is a plumber. Yes, I have a calendar. Each page is one year. <laughs> on e- alternating pages, there are pictures of Mario and Link. That helps me remember. It helps you remember what which year I'm, I'm on. <laughs> Guess which year this is. Santa Star. We don't even do Santa Star, I don't think. <laughs> and when I say they, I just mean me, Jim Tendo. Jim Tendo, I make all of the video games you play. Uh, I want to help people. I don't like video games anymore. Me yeah. neither. I just think they peaked. When? Prince of Persia? Uh, the original Battle one? Toads. Battle Toads. Quest for Glory. <laughs> I haven't Quest for Glory for. I haven't played a game that has been as good as Quest for Glory since Quest for Glory. That's goddamn true. Yeah, that's accurate. Uh let's not talk about this anymore. I feel like this is excluding excluding uh well, all, if not a majority of our audience, at least all the cool ones. Yeah. yeah. Video uh, games are a huge bummer. 
so let's move on to some helping. I work on a history ship. No ghosts. Sorry. Now, to be fair, Justin, it does say historic ship, not a history ship. <laughs> Up along on my history ship, we're going back to 1512. <laughs> What's up in 1512? Nothing, it sucks. Hop on the boat. Here comes the time dock. <laughs> oh shit, we missed the time, time dock. Time to pay your fees to it's, disembark. We missed the time dock, now it's 1314. It gets worse as you go back. Now we're gonna charge you all a premium for the smallpox vaccine. That's how they get you on history time ship. That's how they extort you on the history ship. I work on a historic ship. No ghosts. Sorry. Prove that. And also that you can see and that have made them their presence known. Yeah. I mean, let's let's qualify a little bit. They're all uh, around us. I also live in one of the state rooms that used to be officers' quarters. The deal is that I live here for free as long as I agree to be the after-hours security guard. The problem is I have a hard time kicking people off who snuck on late at night. I'm not a naturally intimidating person. I'm a young, early 20s woman, usually very cheerful, sort of plump, and I like nearly everyone I meet. What are some things I can do to scare trespassers so they'll get lost without putting up a fight? And that's from um, Scarcely Scary Sailor. Your last oh sentence Your last sentence is answered by your first one. Yes. A you thousand to, times yes. You have to pretend to ghost. You, you gotta have, ghost them. You have to ghost them. Just, oh, the, all you have to do walk up in like oh like a old timey dress and say like have you seen my child and oh they my will god run away ooh, ooh. oh god travis you just put a chill up my spine yeah ghost, right a ghostly MBM, chill MBM chillers ooh. have you seen ooh. my husband ooh. Ooh. he'd made me into lifeboats oh, 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 oh tropic chillers I'm cold. I that ate sucks. some bad shrimp at the buffet. Oh no, I've had the norovirus for three days. <laughs> I don't have any fluid in my body or my bowels. Boop. I, I booped everywhere. <laughs> the porter lost my trunk. That's not ectoplasm. It's my gushing diarrhea again. Oh no, I've got to go by. <sighs> I, uh, what if you, what if you are too good is my worry. And they stab you because they don't and, know how ghosts work. And they bust no, you. No, I'll and they, no, they call the ghost busters. Here's uh -huh. my question, okay? Uh -huh. You're a very convincing ghost. Yeah. All right? The ghost busters show up to bust you. Mm -hmm. You tell them, oh, sorry, I understand the confusion. I'm a human pretending to be a ghost. Yeah. I'm ghost catfishing. I'm ghost fishing. They say, haha, ghost, oldest trick in the book. You don't think Slimer trying that shit? We've tried this one. We've seen this one many, many times before. You are a ghost. Busting makes me feel good. Add it up. Oh, when they, and, and those proton beams, those uh, those don't just like make you twirl around and, when, and sparks shoot off of you. Those no. will lave you in half. Okay, so we can all agree die. that there is a circumstance in which the Ghostbusters have accidentally murdered people. Almost certainly. Yeah, Almost somebody certainly. Somebody tries to break into the bus, Bustin HQ late at night, and, and Winston's jumpy. He's like, whoa, who's that? And then uh, he opens his bedroom door, blast. Oops. Oops, sorry. I, well, now, I why would you jump on J Winston, who is my favorite Ghostbuster? Yeah, yeah Justin, you want to explain that? Uh, why? I just I thought he might be near the front door. 
Makes sense. I don't know what because he was the last Ghostbuster, so he would oh, have so the last he got the shittiest bed. So yeah, shittiest bed. Right. Everybody else wants to be on the second floor above, so they can use the pole. You know, and they know immediately when they fucked up too, right? Because you kill you kill the woman, <laughs> and then she's just there again, but in a different form. Now you do need to bust that because she she has been murdered in a horrible manner. And well, you're then it just to... goes down in the books as a preemptive busting. Yeah, that's a good point, Travis. It's a causal busting. <laughs> Not premeditated. Not premeditated. No. Accidental causal busting. Uh, so we hope you... You know what? Uh, you don't need to scare people off. Just be cool. Listen, honest to God, I've never snuck into anything ever. But I can imagine that if I snuck onto something and somebody with a flashlight, period, were to say, hey, get off. I'd be like, oh, yep. Yep, 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 yep. You Curse, that, cursing I, a lot is good, too. That one's on me. I'm not supposed to be here, and I recognize that. I am if, a, a dork. Yeah, it seems weird that people wouldn't just, like, leave. I don't know. I would be so frightened. I, is there for, anyone who tries to argue, like, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be here? I'm on the list. <laughs> I'm on the historic boat list, if you could take a look. I just think you throw a good throaty curse at them, and they're gonzo. What's more scary if somebody shines a flashlight on you in a place you're not supposed to be and is like, hey, get out of here. Or like, hey, get the fuck out of here. You're gone. You've vanished. You're out. You're done. Uh, I'll eat your fucking eyeballs. Whoa. I assume they hired a Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. No noise that scary could come from That they human. captured, they took the history shit back in time to mm-hmm. when Frankenstein was. And they captured him. 1991. <laughs> <laughs> You all remember that, right? You guys all you remember, remember that. that. You, know, anyway. you remember when, you remember when uh, Frankenstein had that hit song, I'm Too Sexy, for my shirt, right? <laughs> that's how you know That's how you know you were a child in the 90s. You remember when Frankenstein was alive. It's one reason to know if you were a child in the 90s, Frankenstein <laughs> killed your sister. <laughs> you want a Yahoo? Sure. It's Yahoo was sent in by fucking, who do you think, Drew Davenport. Guys, like, you and should we just have a direct pipeline? I think we need to get Drew on the show to explain like how he finds these goddamn gems because they're all gems, and like I'm not saying that everybody else is is bad, but I mean he's clearly running the game right now. Spoiler alert: he has three questions on the show. I don't even need to say who's sent him in anymore. Anyway, Emerald member right. level now. You 50, just have to say when they weren't sent in by Drew. And level sixty one, Yahoo Shaman. He he bought the expansion. He broke past the level cap. Thank you. He gets 100, he gets a mount. Thank you, Drew. Uh, it's asked by Yahoo Answers user KTI who asks, does jail make you a man? If it does, I'm thinking of stealing something or hurting someone so that I can go there. I want to get bulked up and have a strong personality. So does it? <laughs> so oh, does no. it or not? I think, we should strip the, I think we should strip the gender from this. Yeah, does let's jail, say does it make you tough. Does it a make gr- you... A grown-up, right? A gr- I mean, that's the question. I guess if we're being very literal about it, does it make you older than 18? I think, I of course, these are not the same class of people, but there is something to me about people who have been in uh, prison or served in the military and that they've been in something that is unknowable to me. Right. These are not an experience you that hope. I... You w- hope. Yes. I hope, right, that, that I have ever had, will ever have, I hope. Um, so I... That does make me see them, like, differently. I don't know if, like, grown up is the, is the, is the word. But here's my thing. Because I, I, I've been trying to think, like, where that, that 
that perception comes from. And it's got to be just like movies and TV because every time I've watched like an actual documentary or anything that actually like shows real prisons and real people in the prisons, it just seems like it makes you sad. Yeah. You know, but like in movies, it's always like, oh, it made them, it toughened them up, made their souls all leathery and you you couldn't mess with them after that because they'd been in prison. But really then you watch things and it's just like, I'm, I miss my family ah, so much. I don't- I don't know about that. Like Shawshank had like maybe a few rough members in there, yeah. Um, but most of the dudes in in Shawshank, I would say, are pretty pillowy. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that's true. Shawshank's more about like breaking people. It's more about you know like fucking Brooks and shit. And 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 okay, Brooks didn't come out tough. No one at the supermarket that Brooks worked at was like, do not do not. Fuck oh, with damn! Brooks. Don't fuck with, do not Brooks. fuck with Brooks. He will sharpen a carrot and stab you in the eyeball. <laughs> Brooks was uh, here, bitch. Stab, stab, stab. Yeah. That would be a way better movie. <laughs> um, man, that movie sucks. Shawshank Redemption 2. Brooks uh, was here. Was here. <laughs> that movie could use way more produced violence in it. Um, do you guys think... I mainly just included this question to ask if you guys think you would do good in jail. Because, like, I sometimes think about it, and I think about putting myself in that situation, and I think about how I would thrive on, like, a strategic level, and I would, like, make the right partnerships and alliances with the people that I needed to to help really help myself reign, but then I think, oh, I'm thinking of Survivor. Well, we just... Uh, I think we have the the closest thing we have to this is um, middle school. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say, I know we talked about this last week. But middle school is prison. I certainly adapted to that socioeconomic structure by graduating after three years. Yeah. You keep your head down. down with that. You don't upset the guards. <laughs> I went you, to Kamak. You Kamak- do your three years, you get out. <laughs> I went to Kamak Middle Clink, and it was not. <laughs> it was I, not I look awesome. back at my time at Kamak and think about how much I spent, like, okay, you're like the football team, popular, cool kids. I'm going to make you laugh and make you guys not want to beat me up. I don't remember ever getting like beat up or like, it, it wasn't just that it wasn't on. just that was it it was okay so it seems like I have to sort of fit into a group and find a group well I'm gonna take a day and think about it oh fuck it's all the groups are closed now mm-hmm. well I guess set. I'm just oh you're all calling me pig boy my new name is pig boy <laughs> my new name is pig boy and <laughs> you <laughs> that gentleman stole my super donut oh how that's fun excellent. no that Very is well. that is fine it's my fault for taking a day to think about the what the you know role that i'm going to fill for the rest of my kamak middle clink career is gonna be no that's fine no that's my fault for taking a day yeah that is that is really true i would constantly see people in groups or teams uh, and and think how did you get into that <laughs> How did you I do this? Yeah, did you announcing? sign up for it? Was it a thing? Like you paid ten dollars? Did you all get pantsed at the same time and you all looked at each other's wieners and you were like, "Well, this sucks. Should we hang out? We're gonna do our own thing here, right? So we can watch each other's backs and not get pants." Did one footballman do like a running tackle and manage to get all six of you in his wingspan and pinned you to the ground and peed in your hair at the same time? And you're just like, "Well, I guess we're friends now." The only group I ever heard about, and oh my god, I'm just remembering this story, and in the context of the present day, it is very strange. That at one point in middle school, I had one chance to get into a clique or a group of some sort. There was a uh, young lady who told me about an organization that she, she was involved in, where they 
it was sort of like a youth group, except the main activity was that they would take the youth around to try to buy cigarettes to see if they could. And that sort was going to be your click. You like, were going to be part of fucking Narc Club? No. <laughs> like Narc Club apparently did like a ton of other cool shit as I remember like go to movies and have pizza parties. They tried to buy cigarettes and also drank a lot of beer. I I'm now that I'm like thinking about it in like in retrospect maybe my like non-involvement with this particular club with the was- fucking honeypot society <laughs> we're bait kids come hang out with us justin hi i'm the leader of this group i'm john quinones and these are my bait kids come on bait kids to be fair, that does seem like the, like, first you go in, you try to buy cigarettes, and then, like, next step, you go to a restaurant and see if you get carded, and then third step, you're catching predators. Mm-hmm. We're going to knock up. Ones. Listen, we got a busy day of filming. We need to get you kids all around town. By the third show, though, like, the, the, the criminal element in that town is calling each other, like, hey, watch out, bait kids are out. <laughs> Don't pick up one of those bait kids. Bait kids are on the prowl. I would like... A glass of wine, please. Yeah, right, bait kid. Let me see your ID. I already got the call from Hector. <laughs> you got you're right. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. This is convincing makeup. Quinones will go to any length to fuck you over. I bet you actually are 16 and you got Jack disease. And you're <laughs> legally a 16-year-old. That's the link Quinones will go to. Get out of here. Get out of here, bait kid. You wrinkly ass kid. You wrinkly ass bait kid with your old liver spots and you're dying. You're dying. And you're dying this. Oh God, you're dying now. You're, you're really throwing away before me. Like the <laughs> really? dude in Holy Grail. <laughs> you're really selling this bait kid. You're turning to dust. You're turning you to dust. You have chosen poorly. <laughs> uh you never know. I'm it might so be sorry, a- bait kid. <laughs> I miss you, bait kid. <laughs> I wish you were still here, bait kid. Quinones rolls up like 15 minutes later. Time to move to the next set. What'd you do to my bait kid? <laughs> He's Ash. <laughs> he was my nephew, and he had Jack disease, and I loved him. This is the fourth old-ass bait kid this week. <laughs> that bait kid nephew is going to make me richer than I am. I'm already very rich. John Quinones. I'm 26. And I've recently started going to college again after a dismal attempt at online education. I met this lovely young lady in my public speaking course that I really dug. And we have some great common footing. We're about the same age with similar interests. We both work full-time and we go to school full-time. We started getting a little flirtatious during class, but then I found out her last name. Turns out, she is the niece of my stepfather's stepfather. Now, I'm no genealogist, but I think by marriage, that makes us double step-cousins once removed. Hachi-machi. Now I know it. She knows it, and the American people know it. Pump them brakes, or keep on trucking. That's from maybe a mishap in Grand Rapids. I I can't... I can't, like... Is there there any blood there? The, The point... The point is not whether or not there's blood it i mean it doesn't matter right is that that sounds so crazy like i justin Justin tyler McElroy, let me pitch this is the point here's what i'm here's what i'm trying to get to here guys 
you are you are wanting to move on because you don't know if there's blood or not. I'm saying, is that the issue? This is the fucking no, Kobayashi Maru, is, though. Because I can, what I'm saying is, it's not the issue because the issue is, you know, and your family knows, and that's the thing. Is like, okay, let's let's draw a line down two, three years. You guys really hit it off. You get engaged day of the wedding. Are you on the groom's side or the bride's side? Both. But that's so far off. What if it's love? I this is what I'm saying. I don't want to fall into this trap, but that's so crazy far apart. Like, you never would have met her, you know? Except you did. You did though. <laughs> you did meet you her did. though. <laughs> it wasn't even at a. It wasn't at a family gathering. That's no. Fair. I guess that's you got good. points in that column. You didn't meet her by, just like nature or god or what have you brought you two together right probably so nature and god saying is god wants this to happen god wants this to happen if that's true nature wants it to happen mother gaia are you do Captain you like Planet. each other because you are related do you have a, a weird uncle that you both shared tender memories of before realizing that it was the same guy well it would be your weird uncle her like step brother uncle step it'd be your step bruncle at that point it would be your funky it would be your funky funky dunky unky my boy (laughs) just got married last weekend mad props to jacob dunkel i'm so so proud of you what's up funky what up funky unk um (laughs) thanks for the bachelor party invite you piece of trash (laughs) just kidding human garbage i hope you had a good time all right i here comes another question coming right to your dough. My girlfriend and I just moved in together. Neither of us have lived with a significant other for a long-term period, and we need advice about finances. What's the best way to keep track of how much we're both spending and divide it up evenly? Some other details. I work full-time and make a reasonable but not excessive amount of money, and my girlfriend is preparing to go to med school next year, so there's an income... Uh, difference between us. And that's from long term in Louisville. This is a great question because we have the opportunity to, between the three of us, determine. Like, this is like we're talking about sitting on the same side of the table, other side of the table, that kind of thing. How do you guys do it? I had to, by the way, do that. We went to an Italian restaurant yesterday, Rachel and I did, and we sat at like a semicircle table and they put like all of our plates and shit together at the end of the semicircle. It was a waking nightmare. We were both just shuddering the entire time. We couldn't <laughs> even. Don't touch we me. We couldn't don't touch eat. Me. Um, what do we do? Like, I don't. Doesn't everybody reach a point where they just don't give a fuck about how the money's distributed anymore? Is that marriage? Because I, I, I think, think I. That's absolutely right. I think I hit that point like way before marriage, where like we. I, it was even before we got like a joint checking account or or anything like that. It was just I think like early on you do it. Yeah, I think early on you you fall into this trap of going like, well, I pay for the cable and so you pay for the gas and I'll pay for the thing. And eventually like after you've been together long enough, all of your money is the same because like you're paying for dinner or she's paying for the movie or you're paying for, you know, whatever. And eventually it's like, listen, let's not keep track. This needs paid. You have money right now, and I don't, so you pay it. When we first got together, Teresa and I, like, I wasn't making a lot of money because I was bouncing between part-time jobs. And so she, like, paid rent for, like, the first three or four months we were together. And, and that's a lot. You know, it, 
yeah, but then eventually it just kind of balanced out because then I started paying for groceries and started paying for, you know, stuff around the house. And eventually it all balances out in the wash, especially if you're together for like a long enough period of time. Eventually it's all going to just even out to zero anyway. So, you know, what Teresa and I did is we went through and determined how much like we spent on bills and rent and everything and then opened a joint checking account. And then we deposit enough money in it to cover all those things, plus a little bit more, auto debited out every month so we don't have to worry about it and we're both just feeding money into that account. That that way we're just paying for it together. Cause I mean, it's like rounding, it. like, like, you know how you, if you buy something from a store, you, you know, you're round to uh, the cents. Maybe the longer you're together, there's a formula where, you know, at first, you would you would round like the the, the buck, right? This is a sixty four dollar mm-hmm. dinner. We each need to pay thirty seven dollars of it. And then the longer you're together, you, you round did to such like a bad to, job at that. Teen, no, that, that was pretty good. You round to the t- t- oh no, maybe twenty seven, wasn't it? Or thirty? Thirty two. Don't worry, about it's not a big deal. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, and then the longer you're together, you know, you round to the teens. Like you you spent forty dollars on the movie, and tomorrow I'll spend forty dollars on dinner, and then. After you've been together for a couple of years, then you're rounding like the thousands. You spent a thousand on rent. I spent nothing. Rachel and I are up to the bills, to the billions. We're up to the billions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you spent a billion on that private jet. I don't know how much that cost. A billion. That's a billion round billion. And I bought three Bugattis for three for three hundred. A point where it's like that is expensive. It's probably a billion dollars. Yeah. Oh, a Bugatti. It's probably three hundred and thirty-three. Repeating million dollars, I would assume. You could probably get three of those bad boys for a clean bill. For a Boog? Oh, for a Boog? For a Boogavinsky? Where are you guys at now as far like do you do you think that once you're married is the time to transition to like it doesn't matter whatsoever? Or do you yes. think that there's still a a thousand a divide? percent? Because I think once you're married especially once you're married, it hits a point and I, listen. If you're the type of couple that decides just to live together forever and marriage isn't important to you, this also includes you. Once you've made that commitment, there are people out there who do not believe in the institution of marriage. I'm talking to you too. Once you hit that point, like your your survival and thriving in life becomes so intertwined that it's like, I will also pay for the gas so that you do not stall out on the highway later because that would also be bad for me because our lives are right. intertwined I so d- deeply. I don't want to pay for this, but I also don't want to be married and or uh, permanently tied to a, 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 a bad person, <laughs> some, sort of, some sort of person out on the streets. Yes. I can't have that. I have to keep you financially solid I think to a certain extent. If you look because at- it's not like having a roommate. If, you're, if your wife or husband or significant other can't afford to pay rent, but you can, there is I'm no very like, sorry, well, sweetheart. <laughs> the bricks. <laughs> Time to start looking for a new roommate. Guess Damn you it. the old Jabaruski. Rachel, did you eat all those Doritos? I got those were my Doritos. I labeled <laughs> I them. I paid for those with my money. We joke. Okay, I just made that goof. But like, well, I don't really give a shit about who spends what on what. If Rachel ate my goddamn Doritos, I would probably be pretty upset about that because it's clearly not for. I mean, they're Doritos. She doesn't typically eat those. I bought those because I knew she didn't eat them, and I got excited about Domitos. Is what they were. <laughs> Fomitos. Um, for me. They were yo. I, they were yo ritos in the Spanish sense. I uh, 
I don't think there's a time when I feel more like a fat person than when I eat food that I did not realize was not communal marriage food, but rather my wife's food, her food, and I ate it, and I didn't know. And then I realized- I mean, you did, you did know. hold on. How often does that happen, Justin? Like, if it's like, okay, a good example is leftovers. We're not Uh. super good at, like, leftover consumption. So sometimes I'll eat her leftovers, and she and I don't realize. Like, so I think I'm being a good boy, right? Justin's good. He, You're cleaning he, out the fridge, cleaning out the fridge, and putting it in my belly fridge. We've talked. We oh, talked about this like three episodes ago. Okay, that's I fine. think we had different positions on it. So I guess we're still evolving <laughs> as people. We grow. We grow, people. We change. We're we're growing. Let's go to the money zone. Hey, that's a pretty good intro. Okay, oh, God. And, a, God. and a fart noise for color. How about this? Might I invite you to the money zone? That was way better. You sound like a warlock. Well, and you can't see me, but I did the full no, arm I heard wave it. I heard turn. It. I heard it. Okay, I just want to make sure my blocking was clear. I can't see so good because I'm getting old. And I'm, I've been hesitant about, I'm hesitant about uh, going to the store, you know, because I don't, I don't want to let the Because it's the most know. humiliating fucking thing ever, trying on glasses. Yeah, and the paps are outside waiting to snap a few pics of me you, in my glasses, and then it'll be all over the gossip rags. Griffin, uh, you wear the glasses. The mm-hmm. last time you were in a glasses store trying them on, do you not feel like just the the stupid? I put them all on. Looking yourself in the mirror as you like, put them on your face. And making like... like I like the the you know how we all do like a smile in the uh-huh. mirror that you do that you like practice your smile so you look yeah. less like a creep I, and more like um, Sean from Boy Meets World. Uh-huh. Let me let me just mention real quick. This is an advertisement for Warby Parker. No, we're gonna get to the I'm advertising. Saying, I but know, I'm but saying, like I I want them to feel like they're getting their money's worth. I go to this I, is part of your ad, Warby Parker. I went to the glasses store and I had to like put on each pair of glasses and do that Sean from Boy Meets World smile. It made me look like the biggest fucking creep. I, I went the last time I went and bought glasses, another vignette. In a Fantastic! Well, <laughs> my wife, my Tell wife was not childhood. with me. My wife was not with me, and the number of times I put on glasses and looked at the employees of the store and said, "Does this look good?" <laughs> like I was the most helpless human being. Like I clearly can't gauge don't, my own appearance. You don't have to live like Travis anymore because there's Warby Parker glasses. Shouldn't cost as much as an iPhone. They've got fashionable, fashionable frames starting at $95. Not just frames, I should mention. They include the lenses uh, too. Um, That's an amazing deal for anyone who's ever bought in a store. $95 for frames and lenses. It's fantastic. I mean, what they do is, uh, they've got a home try-on program. You can get five pairs of glasses, and they're going to ship them to you. You pick the ones you like, and you ship the rest back. There's no obligation. It's free to ship them it's it is not not even a big deal. Um, the only problem is that all the glasses come to your door and they're covered in caramel. <laughs> that is not accurate. And you have to clean all the caramel off before you can put them on your face. Is, well, they they got them secondhand from that store that uh, got washed over with that wave of caramel. Uh-huh. That's the thing. Sell them to you at discount prices. Yeah. Uh, WarbyParker.com/slash/my brother. They don't. The caramel thing wasn't true. 
it that's is not basically true. true. But here, wait, before we move on, here's something that is true that's very awesome. For every pair of glasses sold, they distribute a pair of glasses to someone in need. So you're buying glasses for yourself and helping someone out at the same time. In need of in need of karma. One thing though, <laughs> they don't check to see if the prescription matches. No. So they, they just hand them out and people go, I don't need glasses. Like, you're welcome. Shut yeah. up. You look like Rivers Cuomo. You look awesome. Shut up. <laughs> Except for like this caramel. You look like you if look- Rivers Cuomo was somehow coated in like he, he had caramel eyes. <laughs> you're like you're like the sticky faced Rivers Cuomo, the developing world. Now wear your sunglasses. River Rivers of Caramel Cuomo. <laughs> Uh, if you go to warbyparker.com slash my brother, you're going to get free three-day shipping. So that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you should go, you know, check it totally out. Warbyparker.com slash my brother. Go now. Go. 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 Do it. Um, speaking of caramel, let's talk about Nature Box. Friend of the show. So, I think they've... so excited. We've had a number of people tweet. Yeah. Like, I'm finally trying it. And that's exciting. But at the same time, I want to go, what do you mean Finally. We've been talking about this what shit took you for so like long? six months. What is it we su- we said to you? I know what, what I said. How did we? How did we? Okay, all right, guys. I'm looking at this month's new snacks. They are amazing. What we do? What, for, what we let got? Let me hit you with some of these new snacks. Sea salt pop pops, pop pop, whole wheat strawberry figgy bars. Okay, how about this? Dark cocoa num noms. Excuse me? Chocolate quinoa granola. Maple you are habanero. selling the shit out of this, Justin. Maple because of your fun, ac- your fun accents that you're doing. Maple habanero pretzel pops. Whoa, you know what my fuck. Name is? What? I know. The praline pumpkin seeds. Are those good? People, oh, God, it's amazing. The people at Nature Box asked me what snacks I wanted. Uh, they're going to send me a box. Like, I want all of them. You're getting Freebos? I, all these look amazing. I'll share them with you guys. Don't yeah, worry. sure. Yeah, yeah, you sure fucking can't wait. wait. Uh, coffee kettle popcorn, like goddamn. So Nature Box is it's all healthy and stuff. There's no, uh, there's no GMOs, no uh, trans fat, no high fructose corn, and no syrup. HMOs. Um, you can choose wherever you want to go to the doctor <laughs> with NatureBox.com. <laughs> True, but you will never need to again. That's our guarantee. It's so fucking. <laughs> That's what's funny is like you won't even need to go to Warby Parker because you'll eat the fucking snacks and suddenly your eyesight will get better. <laughs> your vision's better. These are fashion Warby Parkers. I don't need them anymore. Uh, uh, <laughs> send you check a- out my fashion Warbies. <laughs> they'll send you a whole box of snacks. You can eat the whole thing in one sitting and call the newspaper and tell them you're a disaster. <laughs> and then take off your Warby so you don't have to look at yourself in the mirror. Warby seat on to see the pile of self mess you've created and are now living in. Don't eat them all at once. Don't. <laughs> You're healthy, but nothing's that healthy. Get one of the boxes <laughs> for like eight people and just slam jam them. If you drink water that much, you'll get water poisoning. <laughs> Nothing is that healthy that you can eat an entire <laughs> box of it in one sitting. Anyway. There's no caps. Those are pretty good. Naturebox.com. Naturebox is healthy. You're going to go to naturebox.com forward slash my brother. And they'll give you 50% off your first box. Uh, you can spend that on buying another box, you disaster. <laughs> you ate the whole first Under a one. different name. Under, Under a different name. Assumed name. My name is Bustin Lackleroy, and I love your salt caramel pop pops. <laughs> Same address. Uh, same address. <laughs> <Please> <laughs> same address. I am best just, friends just and roommates. Sure you put apartment one and then apartment two, and they'll never know. Um, race apartment one because there's because that won't get there. A single family residence, uh, but yeah, fifty percent off. Uh, you will really like these snacks. So stay full, stay strong. Go to naturebox.com/slash my brother. That's naturebox.com 
slash my brother. Uh, I got a message for Brian from Sarah. Brian, happy 10th anniversary and one year-ish until our wedding. Uh, thank you for all the random hilarity you add to my life, not including introducing me to the McRoy family of podcasts. I oh. fucking love the sound of that, by the way. Uh, now I finally understand the random laughter coming from the kitchen while you do dishes wearing headphones. Also, thanks for always doing the dishes. Love you. Oh, that's so nice. Man, that's should we wonderful. expand our empire so, like, the idea of the McElroy family of podcasts? I've like, been thinking about getting into, like, drug running and numbers. How would that help our podcast empire? Oh, no, I was just thinking, like, a family empire. You were like thinking... Boardwalk Empire? I haven't watched that show. Me neither. Okay. So, okay. Uh, Brian and Sarah, happy 10th anniversary. Happy... Man, that sucks dick, doesn't it, that you guys, like... Spend all that time, you racked up 10 years, and then after you get married, you have to start right back at one, right? Just like the Brian McKnight song. This next one is, well, let me pronounce this name correctly. Master Brett Brad Jameson. Mm. Mm. And that message is from Justin Steve. Justin Steve say, happy 25th, one-up birthday to he who gives good beard, great beer, and mad super boobs. What? What could you be talking about? How does one give good beard? That is very confusing oh, no. to me, Master Brett. Uh, Brad? <laughs> is it Brett or Brad? No, uh, Brad is, is his nom de plume. Brad's his stage name. Uh, Jess and Steve, uh, they are... Please, Brett was my father. Call me Brad. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gosh, Brett, 25. That's a great birthday. It says 25 plus one up, so I'm wondering if it's maybe 26. Oh, he's going to be 25 for a while. Is that uh, it? He's gonna is that it, yeah. Master Brett? Is that is that what's going on? Um, well, c- happy birthday, Brad. Brett? Brad. No, Brad is 32. <laughs> Brad's my older dad. <laughs> he was seven, seven when he had older. me. <laughs> Hey, Ross. Hey, Carrie. Hey, it's me, your co-host. Oh, yeah, we have a show, don't oh, we? We have a show. Oh, no, Ross oh, and no, Carrie. Oh, no, Ross and Carrie. It's about undercover investigations of fringe groups. Yeah, like the Tony Alamo Ministries cult. Yep, that's led by a pedophile. He's in jail. He's in jail. Also, we became Mormons. We became Raelians, which is a UFO group. That's right. We, we joined the Ordo Templi Orientis. Yes, the 9-11 truthers. We got cupped. We got acupunctured. We got Reiki. We've Pretty much anything that you've heard of and like, that, that doesn't sound quite right. We've done that. So you don't have to do it. So if you want to hear about this, and you should, then go to MaximumFun.org. Uh, we, we uh, are taking a moment out from our regularly scheduled uh, program. Uh, every once in a while on My Brother, My Brother, Me, we like to welcome someone who actually knows anything about anything. None of the three of us uh, uh, fill that criteria. Uh, but uh, our guest today certainly does. John Roderick uh, is a musician. He is a, a podcaster. He is an author. He is a raconteur. A, a raconteur, a friend, a father figure to some, myself included. An herbalist. Uh, an herbalist. John Roderick, welcome uh, to My Brother, My Brother. <laughs> Thank you, fellows. Hello. Are you actually an herbalist, or is Travis talking out of his ass? No, everything that you said about me is 100% true. That's also the name of uh, John's autobiography. Mm -hmm. That's the full (laughs) title. Everything you just said about me is 100% true. The John Roderick story. Herbalist secrets in the back, Mm -hmm. in the index. Mm -hmm. 
we uh, asked for the audience for questions for you, and we left it very open-ended. Because right. you're an open-ended uh, man. Well. That, I think that's fair well. to say. Uh, and uh, we got a lot of, what would you say, Travis? Duds? <laughs> 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 duds, duds. Well, now see, this duds, is the thing, guys. You know, like what, what you might think is a dud question might either be—I mean, first of all, could be a coded message, where <laughs> warning you about your impending death. Well, or or yeah. to activate you like my Manchurian that's, candidate. That's style. right. Or it might be one of my agents checking in with me. Uh, oh, so, sure. so what you might interpret as a dud could be could be something you know uh, just that you don't understand, too sophisticated. Or it might be a question that you think is a dud because you haven't heard my answer yet. That's true. It, it is just the spark that will light the fire of your intellect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wisdom. you didn't have me. You d- um, Travis, maybe you should read the worst one. You didn't one. have me on the, on the, on the show to, to, to try and get interesting questions from your dingling readers. No. no. <laughs> you had me on the show to answer questions from your dingling readers. I guess they're not readers, are they? They, some of them yeah. probably do read. They just read the transcripts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to really fill it. That's how you get the comedy. Can, I like to imagine what their voices sound like. It would just be like, uh, it'd be like a sentence, and then it would be sniffle noise, and then another sentence, and then sniffle noise. <laughs> Justin I try to, opens bag of pretzels. I try to get them all out, but fuck, guys, uh, we are very nasally poor, productive people. Poorly masked flatulence. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, here's our okay. first question for you, Mr. Roger. Okay. I'm a musician. <sighs> this is, I, I, I <laughs> dear John, I am is, everyone who's ever asked you anything ever. <laughs> I, 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 this is not me. Right. This is another person who right, has, right, right. Justin, uh, Justin is uh, something of a musician. I would say, uh, let's listen. I can, I can play you the, my long winters covers after uh, <laughs> okay. recording and we'll you do can that pick off the, the best one. Yeah, that'll be a ne- uh, that'll be a separate episode where you play me your music and I No, I play me <laughs> no, I play you my version of your music <laughs> and you tell me if you think I got okay. it. And then you do our uh, and then you do our bits. Okay. <laughs> then you do our bits. <laughs> Classic. Uh, I'm a musician. Yeah. <sighs> I make this noise music. Oh boy. It fits well in the cliche of atonal ambient noise, mm-hmm. although it's got a drive to it that's accessible. And I like to think I transcend the norm, but I'm just not getting heard. I know the music is all about the art of persistence. So do you have any tips on how I can sell myself, how to solicit venues for gigs, how to get paid? Should I spam my poor Twitter following more hashtags? Mm-hmm. That's from Amy Vibes in Vermont. Um, what do you think? Um doesn't sound very good, does it? I mean, just between us. <laughs> well, not really selling <laughs> You it. know, uh, yeah, there, it, there's a lot of underselling language for sure. Uh, I mean, using the word cliche to describe your own tunes is, I don't know. I, that, I feel like that's maybe a cultural signifier. They don't want to seem like they're too hungry. I also I think the term noise music, and I understand that it's a genre, but it's always sounded so pejorative to me. Yeah. Because that sounds like noise is what, like, your shitty upstairs neighbor calls the music that you produce if they're shitty enough. Right. <laughs> the, the neighbor, not the musicians. But, you know, just downstairs making some noise yeah, music. I t- oh, I play racket. You don't I, I, play I, racket. I feel like noise music, though, I mean, it's such a broad, t- it's like indie music. It's sort of a meaningless word. And it could, I mean, half the soundtracks these days are what you would call noise music. Right? I mean, mm. what, what is the soundtrack to... Uh, Oh, what the hell was that movie with the um, 
about the Meet Dave. Goodfellas? No. Gattaca? Goodfellas. That was good music. No, the one about the gold or the oil miner. Extinses. Extin. Existence. <laughs> Existence. No, no, no. There, there's going to be blood. There's going to be blood. <laughs> I swear to you, there will be yeah, blood. Yeah, that was a lot of noise. Yeah, it was all punk, tank, tink, yeah. tank. And it sounded like, it sounded a lot of like, that's what the, there she blows. that's what an oil, like an oil well, well sounds like. That's I what bet, it sounds inside. like inside the head of an oil well. Let me ask you this question from, from this question, because now it's got me thinking. Yeah. Is there a certain truth to, if you start making music, right? Yeah. If it takes off immediately, if people seem to like it right away, you know you've got something. But if after like a couple of years, you're still going, mm, I just don't feel like I'm getting heard and it's growing. Is that like, you know, the world's way of going, maybe it's not good. Mm, no. Maybe, maybe maybe you got no future in this. Not necessarily. I, I, feel like the, I feel like what happens is that, I mean, anytime you've heard of a music scene, that scene is already over. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that scene is not accepting mm. any new members. Mm. Right, that scene's full up. Right, by the, time, by the time anyone has heard of a scene, it's like, sorry, too late to join that scene. But that's, for most musicians, that's all, that, you know, that's your reality. You look at a scene and you're like, well, I kind of identify with that scene. I would like to be a part of that. But it's like, no chance. That, that, those doors are closed. Then why do people still make rock music, which is the oldest music ever? That's why it's called, it's called rock. Mm -hmm. It's as old as rocks. Yeah. It's that. Uh, I, I think what, what ends up happening is that the, the, way, to get, the way to get into, uh, the way for people to hear your music is it's very rare that somebody just makes genius music. And I mean, this is the fantasy, right? I used, my ex-girlfriend used to say to me like, well, if your music is any good, you'll just make it and then people will come running. And it's like, wow. Yeah, because no. you're going to play it super fucking loud. You're going to buy the biggest speakers ever. Right, right. you're going to, you know, you're going to just, I mean, her version of reality was that like, oh, somebody's going to hear you playing. They're going to be walking by your house and mm -hmm. hear you playing and they're going to happen to be a record executive. Say, kid. Yeah, exactly. Wait, I, I mean, isn't that true of everybody who like wants to be an actor in movies yeah. or make paintings? Which I, you know what? All I'm I a, need is for someone to see yeah. it. I'm a video game journalist, which is sort of like... The rock stars of fat people. Sure. And even that is even that is like you, you hope you're gonna get discovered and you hope you you make it. But I, I still tell people that if you work really hard at it and you're doing something really good that the, the cream It's not really not what happened to you though. Rise. Is that like naive of me? Some dude saw you kill a can of Pringles six chips at a time and they were like, Oh buddy, eat no more. You have made it. I feel like what happens is anybody that makes it then, then revises their origin story and takes out all the parts of their origin story where they're like, well, you know, my mom really helped me a lot and my dad gave me eight grand. And then I, and it turns out that I knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy who got me on an elevator with a guy. Like none of that is very interesting and, it, and, it, and people mistakenly feel like they want to erase that part of their story mm. because it makes them it, because it exposes the degree to which you need a leg up or you know it, it exposes their advantage however small that's why i like the voice i mean there's a there's don't get me wrong there's a lot of reasons why i like the voice mm -hmm, i'm sure but when i watch the voice every tuesday night at 7:30 
And then again Wednesday. And then again morning. Wednesday morning. <laughs> make sure you didn't miss um, a new one. You just is this, you, is this one of the advertisements that you like subtly put into the sh- show? John, is this how you God guys get rich? Damn it! We're hoping to get free episodes. When well, you watch a voice. <laughs> That's how we get paid. It's a barter uh-huh. system. When you watch The Voice ex- on Fox at 7.30. They send us exclusive clips. I watch, well, what, nobody doesn't know where like that Soul Patrol dude came from. He came from like season 15 of American Idol. You know where he came from. You know his whole backstory. There's no guesswork. So then, well, so then it sounds to me like what she's asking there at the end is that she shouldn't be embarrassed to say like, Hey, if you guys like this, make sure to tell your friends if you want to come see a show. I mean, that, the problem with that is that, you know, you cannot go out and personally shake the hand of 30,000 people mm-hmm. and, and, and count that every one of those people is going to hear and love your music. You know, I, I feel like music has always and even in the Internet uh, future land that we're occupying now. This shitty wasteland. The shitty wasteland, but but the reason you hear about bands is that they are part of a community of other musicians, and you like one, and then you're and then you're drawn to see like who their friends are and who they who they they associate with. And most scenes, if you think about it, most scenes are formed by bands that are like uh, they. The reason they form a scene is that they are initially unwelcome anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right, you f- you form a collective of other musicians who are struggling because you're living in a world where it's like, oh, I'm not invited into these other scenes. All I have, all I have, are these other jerks. Yeah, you, who are right around me. You get an Isle of Misfit Toys thing going on, mm-hmm. but then eventually mm-hmm. it becomes like a continent of misfit toys. That's right. And every music scene starts out as an island of misfit toys, and most of the time, those other bands. Maybe they don't sound like you. Maybe, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're friends because you're just proximate to one another. But then a scene comes out of it and other people look at it and go, actually, there, are, there is a connective sound between these acts. And it ends up being the next, it ends up being the next sound, you know. Yeah. Maybe Can you con people into thinking there is a scene, sort of like an Emperor's New Clothes type situation? Oh, the Vermont noise like, scene? Oh, it's <laughs> popping off right now. If you're not making Vermont noise, what are you even doing? It's just leaves I, rustling. I feel, like every, I feel like everybody that wants to get into show business feels like there's some kind of chemtrails-based <laughs> conspiracy that, yeah, it's mm-hmm. all a con job. It's all like, how do I get my, you know, they're out there buying facebook likes or whatever and i think it's much more likely that if you go to see bands that interest you and support your friends like i think you go see music first of all is the number one thing you support other musicians and support music that you like like all that stuff happens very organically and and every successful scene i've ever seen has has come up organically among a group of people that are going to each other's shows and share a kind of like-minded desire to perform a certain kind of music. And pretty soon, you know, you're putting on shows where it's like, I'm playing with my friend's band. I'm playing with my other friend's band. You're not worried about penetrating the, the big show business, capital S, because you're making a little show business. And then the big show business comes looking for you. I've noticed, John, that you have not to this point mentioned p- 
put your music into an Apple commercial. That seems to work. Yeah, that well, seems like the easiest thing. You're that right. Seems and like it, the easier thing. You're absolutely right. I should have started off by saying, <laughs> first thing you do is get on an Apple commercial. Just get into mm. one of those. I got another question for you. Me and a close knit group of friends formed a rock band. See, see, what, see what I'm saying? Next question, right. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> Travis Validates my viewpoint. Travis, go back into the files and get me something non-music related <laughs> as we talk about okay. as we talk about uh, this next question. All right. Okay. Me and a close-knit group of friends formed a rock band, but the problem is our drummer friend is super flaky and rarely shows up to practice. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose him as a friend, but we'll never get out of the garage with him as our drummer. How do I politely give him the old boot? And that's from dropping the drummer in Utah. Friend, you're in Utah. <laughs> I, I feel like this question is based on another like rock industry uh, myth, and that is that you have to practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You just get in a room. You just you say like this is our sound. Our sound. What's this our sound? Make bad get music. together. Blank, blank. That's it. That's our right. sound. Let's go smoke some weed. Let's smoke and, a bunch of weed and see what and happens. Start start designing our logo. Mm. <laughs> the number First one we thing start, we start with fog hat covers and we just cruise into our own sound. Perfect. <laughs> the number one thing any band needs to do is get out a get out a notebook of lined paper and start designing your logo <laughs> because that. <laughs> That is where the that's where you're going to get an Apple commercial. I'll tell you what. And make sure you oh, have and the maybe proper- your maybe your logo is you kicking the drummer out the door. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you have a, a logo contest in the band and say whoever draws the worst logo <laughs> is out. out of the band is out. And even if the drummer is a graphic artist, <laughs> you know I don't get it. You know I, I use my 3D this. printer. I created this logo. It's uh, the, a building of us playing. Oh yeah, that's I like this guy. Better, he drew us as like stick figures all high fiving. You're <laughs> yeah. out, yeah. You're out. Sorry, bro. I sorry, he, he, he drew the Pearl Jam logo, <laughs> John. I don't want to unspool this incredible answer that you just gave, but do, I don't. Does the Long Winters have a have a logo I don't know about? Maybe like a uh, like an Eskimo, sh- like shrugging, like I don't what gives, you know. There, the initial logo was of a uh, was of a guy in a in a um, uh, sort of an Eskimo style coat. Mm. Pushing a snowblower, mm. and the snowblower produced a big cloud of snow cloud, mm-hmm. and uh, the Long Winter's name was in the snow cloud. It, that was our original. And it, and it dripped blood. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's not exactly, uh, not exactly <laughs> giant. It's not exactly giant lips, is it? I mean, <laughs> no, no, it's not. And that was the problem with it. If you look at the Nirvana logo, uh, the first is that thing the ones with the Guns and Roses in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the Alice in Chains logo. The Nirvana logo is just the name Nirvana in some kind of font. Mm. And your first thought I think it was a Wingdings. Is it Wingdings font? <laughs> it's, not, it's not Comic Sans. It's an edgy fucking band, man. They invented but a you, sound. And you look at it, and the first, your first thought is Nirvana is the stupidest name, stupidest band name in the history of band names. Like it's right. It, it seems reasonable now, but when those when those guys from Aberdeen, Washington, were like, "We're Nirvana." totally ridiculous right uh but it looked good it had it was in a it was in a font that just looked right and they put that same exact logo on everything they did and and that's why they and that's why they took off that's right look at them compared to the long winters yeah who couldn't who had some some inscrutable eskimo on their (laughs) you know and it's it's just like i I, all right by the time i got to snow cloud you guys weren't even listening (laughs) That's true. I was thinking about the letters dripping blood. Yeah. yeah. 
But in answer to in answer to this person's question, you know the uh, the number of bands I've seen that have that have believed that there was that the integrity of the original lineup or the core group was paramount, and yet and, and and so they kind of willfully refused to acknowledge that one of the guys was not committed to being in the band, and that person was just committed enough that they would be willing to stick around and thwart the band's ambitions time and time again until all was destroyed. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, that's a very common problem in collaborative work. Like, this person doesn't love the band enough to recognize that they need to quit for the band well, to do well. I mean, that sounds like the saving grace to me is, is, is not saying hey, our drummer sucks. Like, he's super committed, and he's always the first one at practice, the last one to leave, but he's just dump. Right. Like, you've got a great door <laughs> opening to say, like, hey, Bill, do you remember how you haven't been here for the last six weeks? You're out. No, yeah, you should make him, make him play a show with you. Do, like, the actor's worst nightmare shit. Like, get him on a stage, unpractice. He doesn't even know the songs. You're playing, like, a slow ballad, and he's giving you, like, a and you're like, oh, man, he's not going to want to even perform music anymore after this embarrassing uh, night. But then, to be fair, he's the drummer, so he's walking exactly. out going, nailed, nailed it. perfect. Good. Exactly. That is the problem. The drummer is going to be like, whoa, did you see my, <laughs> did you see my performance? That <laughs> was amazing. No, I don't know. You, you guys must not have seen that thing you do, because the way that it shakes out is that everybody instinctually starts playing with the drummer. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks loves it. You're famous. Uh-oh. You're huge. I guess it works either way. I mean, y- your point about not adhering to the uh, to the original lineup, John, reminds me of something I was reading about just today. I was reading up on the band The Sweet, or Sweet, uh-huh. uh, you may know from uh, Ballroom Blitz uh-huh. fame. Uh-huh. Uh, the Sweet had four guys in it. Two of the guys died. The other two guys are now performing as individual suites hmm. in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh-huh. They have franchised They have splinter-celled. The, they have splinter-celled the suite. <laughs> and half the band is dead. The other half have, have uh, basically asexually reproduced. Yeah, right. Half, half, the, half the members, twice the band. <laughs> sweet U.K., sweet U.S. Mm-hmm. That's not then. That's uh, that's not just resilient. That's creating jobs. Yeah. In well, that, I mean, that's super common in rock and roll, right? I mean, what the hell is Creedence Clearwater Revisited? Yeah. It's the three guys, mi- minus the guy that wrote all the songs and sang them and played all the guitar parts. It's like if you keep swapping out <laughs> members of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, eventually huh? you don't even notice. You don't know any of these guys. Yeah, or Phil? the or the Commodores. How many original Commodores are there left? It's like the it's like one guy from the Commodores, his son, his son's friend, his son's <laughs> friend, one master dad. general. <laughs> yeah, one. I like the, it. Yeah, exactly. Like the 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 the, the postman. <laughs> Like the postman's <laughs> dog. It's like it, it doesn't resemble the original Do- band at all. Doctor Feelgood. But listen, you got to fire the guy. You got to fire the weak link. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, introduce any strife into the my brother and my brother and me kit podcast. <laughs> how do you how do you start that conversation? If we had, to, for instance, let's just role play. If we had to have it with Travis, let's just role play. Right. Sure. Hold on. Sure. Like uh, you got a weak link. Yeah. What are you going to say? Hypothetical, Travi. Don't worry. It's uh-huh. a hypothetical Travis. We're just uh-huh. picking. It's any one I of pick, us. Yeah, let me do it. Uh, here, I've got three names written on a piece of paper. I'm going to throw them into the air and catch one. I caught Travis. So, For instance, in this situation, what I would do is I would have like a guest expert come on the show. Interesting. What? That you kind of like better, that's like funnier, well, quicker than Travis. We'd have to start. Well, 
doing that, but okay, yeah, it sounds good so far. Right, and then after you establish a rapport, oh, where yeah. Travis just is kind of like trying to get a word in edgewise and can. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Then it becomes I, just kind of clear to him that he's being Maybe supplanted. it's time to... How long yeah. do you think that would take? Maybe 21 minutes and 48 seconds-ish? <laughs> yeah, you I guys. Think, I, think, I think he'd get the point pretty fast, unless he's a drummer. Uh, John, we wish we could uh, keep talking Wait, I have one more all. question. <laughs> no, I, no, what? You guys yes, hear that? You'll like this. You'll like this. <laughs> okay. Okay, real quick, Trav. Dear real brothers quick. and John Roderick, mm. my girlfriend refuses to eat chicken unless it's been debunked. <laughs> no wings. <laughs> No wings, legs, thighs, nothing, unless the bones are out of sight and out of mind. She tells me it's because the bones are gross and morbid. I tell her she is being hypocritical and should consider vegetarianism if she can't face facts. Is my girlfriend being hypocritical, and how do I stop picking these dumb fights? And that's from, thanks, I ate the bones in Texas. And that is subject line Roderick. Specifically, John, have you done anything in your fucking life that would make people think that you're some sort of weird chicken expert, man? As a matter of fact, yes. I am a chicken fingers eater. But are you a known? <laughs> I, I have listened to <laughs> alleged. I have listened fingers. to all of your albums back and forth. I don't think there's a song on one of them called "Yummy Yum Yum." I'm a chicken eater, man. <laughs> no, no. I keep I keep that so, part of my life separate. That's sort of that's that's uh, that's on the private Gotta premises have for you. That's right. But I too share your girlfriend's sort of distaste not I, I i don't think it's gross exactly but like if i were given a plate of chicken tenders and next to it was a plate of like whole chicken parts mm-hmm. i prefer the processing because you know you take a chicken you have to kill it you have to pull the feathers out of it you have to wash it and pull all its guts out then you have to chop it up now that's a lot of processing I don't see what is so. I, I don't see why you stop processing the fucking thing at that point. Yeah, you get to like you do feathers, and then yeah, you're basically like, keep, "Man, I'm done." Keep processing it until it's just a pile of meat. But when you got bones, you know they're passing the savings along to you. Yeah, you're, that's the thing. You're paying for that bone weight. That's true. That's another thing. Like if I'm going to pay the extra, I want to pay for the processing <laughs> of somebody taking all that meat putting it in a little pile, breading it, mm-hmm. and deep frying it. I don't want to have to sit. I mean, and I, I, feel like the, uh, I feel like eating chicken off the bone is the last vestige of like feral uh, like animal instinct that most of us get to experience. You're sitting, you're sitting at your freaking desk all day in an Aeron chair. You <laughs> go down to an air-conditioned garage and get in your Prius you drive to your air-conditioned garage in your subdivision, and then you're eating chicken off the bone, and you think you're a wild man? <laughs> <laughs> and then you bury the bones in the backyard mm-hmm. and yeah. shit by the tree. Yeah, and your girlfriend is some kind of wuss because she wants, she wants it to come to her like as a Totino's pizza roll, like yeah. fully processed. <laughs> she wants chicken pills. <laughs> she, wants, she wants someone from... What's a chicken company? Who does? Who's good about Dyson. chicken? Dyson. 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 Mr. Dyson rolls up, chews up the chicken, spits it into your girlfriend's mouth. That's what you want. That's what you're asking for. Yeah, you want chicken paste that is formed into the shape of of little chickens, like they do at McDonald's. Or, yeah, or stars, or dinosaurs. Uh, dinosaurs is fine. Uh, John, if you would like to spend more time with John Roger, and who wouldn't? Hmm. You have that opportunity. You can go to boatparty.biz 
and hop on to the Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival. John, what's that? Well, it is a... Uh, yeah, I, I was not aware how ad-driven this podcast was. Mm-hmm. It is all ads. For every time we mention Boat Party Got Biz, we get a free boat. If you can talk about how delicious the Tyson chicken served on this boat is going to be. <laughs> so you show how up on processed the, is it? You show up on the boat, the first, thing that, the first thing that happens is, the first thing you see is some kind of animal. Uh, the original cruise I went on, it was a lion, sometimes it's a dolphin, carved out of butter, sitting, uh-huh. in, a, sitting in a bowl of ice next to a swimming pool. And, I mean, that, that's, that's your first impression. Use your that imagination is, from there. That is the degree of luxury you are experiencing on even the, on even the smallest cruise. Uh, and BoatParty.biz, of course, is a major cruise property. Is, um, it, le- is it fun? Can we go back to the butter? I hate to, to stall out here, but is it functional butter or is this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah you are can, you going to be the a, a time, Is if it just a timekeeping mechanism? <laughs> If you're the guy who dips in first, you are just, you the asshole? I think you just go after that butter, and you know what's what ends up happening. I think is is the, they use that butter for the rest of the cruise. Like if you're eating a, if you're eating a scone on the last day of the cruise, it, was, it came from the dolphin tail. <laughs> so I go okay. So I you go, go nose to tail. You yeah, go I go I go right I go I go right for the lion, right for the butter lion, and just dig right in. That's how you know you're on the boat. <laughs> Uh, is there is there any entertainment acts or is it just looking at butter mostly? <laughs> I will tell you, I've been on a lot of cruises, and the boat party biz last year was, I mean, it was, it was absolutely a singular uh, cruise experience. Freaking hilarious! It's a it's a small it's a small enough boat that there's a lot of interaction with the with the entertainment. There's so much entertainment on the bill that you almost can't, can't help but interact with them because when you go into your stateroom, there's a chance that one of the comedians or musicians is actually going to be in there fluffing your pillow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how Chris Fair- Fairbanks earned his ticket <laughs> on board. Uh, we had such a hilarious time last year. Uh, the last night of the cruise, the entire, uh, like all the performers all jumped in the swimming pool at about 1 o'clock in the morning. Eugene Merman was like first in... <laughs> With a, I think a, he had a bottle of brandy in one hand and maybe like a vape cigarette in the other. And he was like, everybody in the pool. Uh, I hope he got home all right. Oh, yeah, he's fine. He survived. <laughs> but like uh, BoatParty.biz just added Todd Berry, who is, I think, going to be performing <gasps> the Eugene Merman role this year. Of embarrassing uh, himself in a pool. pool. Yeah, although, I, although he will not have a bottle of brandy or a vape cigarette or get in the pool. <laughs> But otherwise, he will be, he'll be the, the spark that ignites him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, John, we're not going to be on the, the uh, cruise, so can you describe it again, but make it sound worse and shittier <laughs> so it don't feel so bad? Uh, let's see. Um, the city of Nassau, Bahamas, uh, feels a little dangerous. <laughs> it's uh, a beautiful paradise, John. It's, it's a beautiful I paradise. I right through you. But, uh, but it, yeah, it's, you know, it's... Uh, it's a little bit. It, it has that shabby chic of a of a of that that is so characteristic Listen, of the was, Mediterranean. It was a valiant effort, but the whole thing's going to be magical. Last year and, uh, on Nassau, I rented a I rented a scooter and drove to the other side of the island with a beautiful girl on the back, and we got caught in a brief warm rainstorm. If that makes you feel better, ooh, ooh, gross. So that we were both just soaked to the bone. Mm. Oh, it was so bad. Th- that sounds like the day that Bill Murray. 
talks about wishing he had instead of Groundhog Day and Groundhog Day. That, that does not sound too bad to me. Uh, oh, li- no, wait, John- wait, wait. I got soaked oh, okay. and my my iPhone got wet. Oh, uh, no. So that now when I take it in to have it serviced, they give me the stink eye at the Apple store. Does that make uh, Is the bad? phone still wet, John, oh, from last no, year? Still- <laughs> It still works, but you know they have some litmus paper in there that that's like, oh, this phone is pregnant, and you can't, it won't get fixed anymore. They're, they're, they're well, if you get stink- it wet after midnight, yeah, that's right. They're giving you the stink eye because your phone smells like the funnest thing that ever happened, <laughs> and they didn't get to go. Um, well, what, uh, what happened is it turned from a Mowgli into a Gremlin, and now I have to deal with this fucking angry <laughs> Gremlin phone all the time. John Roderick, thank you so so much for joining us on our show. It is a, it is a uh, a real pleasure. Boatparty.biz is. Uh, where people can go if they want to spend some time with you, hmm, personal yes. time. Me and, uh, and many other great performers. So many others. Uh, and uh, you're on Twitter, of course. That's right. Uh, doc- John Roderick, that's R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K. Is there anything else you uh, would like to promote? Do we still announce being on Twitter as though it's something... That not everybody well, is that, already that doing. Matters. Let me check my notes no, here. No. You're on something called Twitter? <laughs> I just right? don't want people to have to look for you. I want them to, right. to just have a direct line to your to your feed so they can follow it. At John Roderick on Twitter, you should listen to my podcast, which is called Roderick on the Line, which is not part of the Maximum Fun Network for reasons that are unclear to me. But I am just a, I'm just a lonely soldier in the world. We can't afford, Pod- we can't afford Merlin. His... His writer is like crazy. Believe me, I know it's it's absinthe all the way down. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's right. I, I do a podcast with Merlin Mann, and uh, yeah, I'm just you know I'm part of the the general fabric of the American sub entertainment business. Uh, and you will see me in your town at some. Point. You'll see him. Are you going yeah. to? Are you going to? I know you've been. He's I know you've been playing playing some shows up in the up in the Pacific Northwest. Are you planning on doing that more countrywide? Good question. Well, I'm going on a cruise. Did I tell you about that? Right. Is that cruise this? coming to Austin fucking Texas? Are you going to park the mm-hmm. boat in Lady Bird Lake? <laughs> you know, why the hell is that called a lake? It's a fucking river. It's a, well, it's, I mean, it is a lake. It's close to you put a, You put a dam on a river. I guess you can call it a lake. Yeah. It still looks like a river. It's a fucked up it's river. The, but It's the slowest moving river. They can't call it Lady Bird fucked up river. Yeah. This is the greatest podcast. All right. Uh, no, no, we will come to Austin. Uh, we'll come to Austin very soon because, uh, you know, Austin loves the long winters and we love Austin. We love you. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Mr. Roderick, John, if you don't mind. Thank you, bros. Uh, sure. Uh, and uh, I think there's more show after this. So let's go back to the show. <laughs> that is also us. It'll be just like this. <laughs> How about a Yahoo? Quickie. This who this who who was sent in by Drew. Thanks, Drew. It's by Yahoo Answers user. <sighs> They've been deleted. They ask, do you ever get scared your parents might find out about Sims 4? <gasps> um, I'm assuming they mean Sims 3, because obviously Sims 4 isn't out yet, but I am very much looking forward to the new creative Sim system with dynamic face dragging. <laughs> Watch the trailer, it looks great. This face dragging it looks out of control. It has woohooing and stuff in the game, but I don't do that stuff except woohooing to make kids. <laughs> I get scared my parents might find out, and I may not be able to play it anymore. That's why I limit my woohooing, kissing, hugging, and touching. Uh, I tell my parents my sim is single, and she's not ready to mingle. When they ask who's the guy in the house, I ask them what guy they're talking about until they leave me alone. Jesus Christ.
I only woohoo to make kids. I, I don't throw this out. When you first asked the question, Griffin, I was afraid you meant something like, I'm afraid my parents will find out about Facebook and start using it and contacting all my friends. Well, shit. yeah. Well, you don't want your parents woohooing no, on the God. side. You um, want to only know that they woohooed once. And yeah. You were born. To make you. That's the ideal. Ooh. Uh, and if they could like somehow like genetically woohoo so that none of their sim bits actually touched, that would be wonderful. You, um, uh, while Griffin was reading this question, my connection broke up, so I didn't hear it. And I was going to stop and say something, assuming, but I decided not to, assuming that I would be able to assemble the question through context clues. That is, become, that is becoming increasingly unlikely, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> no, this will be fun. This will be like a board game. Uh, so I think, I mean, if I was a parent... And I saw my kid woohooing mm-hmm. and kissing, hugging, and touching virtual boys uh-huh. or girls. I would say, I don't care if your sim is single and not ready to mingle. I'm not interested in watching you do this because I have to watch everything you do on your computer. Because if I look away for a second, uh, you'll be abducted. <laughs> Through the computer like in Captain N. You'll be sucked right into the screen. You'll be sucked in. Mother, mother brain also, will fucking like, snatch several, you up. Several issues of Are You Afraid of the Dark, I believe. Um, yeah, here's that's the, basically the plot of every other Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, I, I would be willing to bet that if this is a big enough of a problem for this question asker, that their parents keep bringing this up, they're already pretty worried about it. Yeah. If it's enough that you have to constantly <laughs> explain to your parents that while your sim is single, she is not ready to mingle, Look, the parents are going, that's what how, the fuck is that, wrong with our kids? Can we all admit how we play The Sims right now for once and all and settle it? We all start it like, oh, I'm going to start and I'm going to recreate the house I live in. Or maybe I'm just going to pick up some architectural uh, studies and like test out what kind of crazy M- MC Escher shit I can make. He was the guy who made all the buildings. Um, and then, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll make a boat or something. Or maybe, I, you know what, I'm going to have a guy that's really good at guitar and he becomes the most famous guitarist on the earth. That's what I'm going to do. And then 15 minutes later, you're trying to get your sim to fuck everybody in town. Everybody. I feel like, I feel like it is like a psychological test that if you watch someone play Sims, they're either going to end up, A, being the most boring, all-knowing, all-powerful being in the world. They're going to, B spend all their time trying to make their sims fuck or see they're going to put walls up around a sim and make them pee themselves and die yeah right i'm going to download the celebrity skins so i can they look famous and i'll lock like greatest american hero and mc hammer in a room and then and mc usher yeah and mc usher hammer and mc usher mc usher and then you make them all fuck and then you put uh you put a fireplace in the room i'll take care of them <laughs> that's what um, Kanye West when he wrote the album My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy that's what he was talking about about Sims? <laughs> it's about that it li- literally that situation we just described MC Escher MC Usher MC Hammer and the other one fucking in a fiery inferno can um can uh can you make your sim look like a nun? Mm-hmm. is that a possibility? I mean you can and it'll just make it more scintillating when that nun breaks the habit if you know what I mean I mean, she I don't. T- she takes all of her clothes off in the in the. In but if she s- takes off her clothes. She's not a nun anymore. Come on, Griffin. I guess you're right. That's how it works. That's why all nuns stink like shit. <laughs> it's true. You ever seen a nun just walk through the car wash? Man, I want to play some Sims now. Yeah, I know, right? Do you guys remember Sims Online? Oh that shit yeah, was fucked up. 
Yeah, it was real fucked up because that game was like The Sims. Everyone's trying to fuck, but guess what? There's people on the other end, real life people. Hello. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Good to meet you. Oh, internet? Sure. Fuck me. I fucked you. We did it for real. If you fuck in the game, you fuck in real life. The Sims Online, brought to you by EA. You're going to love fucking the internet. <laughs> it's like EverQuest, but it's going to leave you bone dry. Folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much to, uh, well, I mean, John Roderick, but we thank him every week. Right. Uh, double, triple thanks. Yeah, it's double sugar. To, uh, to John Roderick for joining us on this program. Uh, we haven't recorded that interview yet, so I hope he has lived to this point to actually record. Well, more likely, I hope we don't, like, fucking pee our pants, and then you can right. hear the pee in the recording. Uh, so thank you to him. Thank you to you for listening to the program. Uh, uh, you can follow John Roger. Oh, we probably did the plugs, didn't we? Do you think? In the past? In the past. Or the future? <laughs> our, our future selves. We should we should mention again uh, to go to boatparty.biz. Think about it. Think about it real hard, because it's going to be a goddamn slam dunk. Thanks Um, to people tweeting about the show, like Jesse, uh, Don Chappell, Epinards, and Caramel. Uh, uh, So many others. You're all fantastic. Um, And and we haven't, I don't know that we've ever mentioned this, but if you'd like to get some more information or see, like, pictures from live show and everything, check out our Facebook group, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Go check it out. Yeah, yeah we, get there. Hey, we have one of those. Um, if yeah. you are going to be at our LA live show next week, a week from fuck. Yep. In like four days. God damn it. Um, well, please send us a question. Let us know that you're going to be there so we can call you out. Um, and then let's get some mad bro grabs going afterwards. Let's get it going. Let's get it popping. Uh, and that's going to do it for us here. My brother, my brother, me, Griffin, you got a last uh, question for us? Got this final one. Please listen to the other Max Fun shows, too. MaximFun.org. Oh, so many good ones. Yeah. All right. Final question. Uh, this final Yahoo was sent in by Zach Baum. Thank you, Zach. It's by Yahoo Answers user Erica, who asks, Oh, what is a marijuana nugget? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Justin McRoy. I'm Travis McRoy. I'm Griffin McRoy. This has been my brother, my brother, and me. Kiss your dad. School there on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Have you made vacation plans yet? The second annual Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival is ready to set sail this summer, and we want to see you on board. Imagine amazing comedians, stellar music, and beautiful Caribbean views. It all takes place July 25th through 28th, en route to Nassau, the Bahamas. And frankly, we've impressed even ourselves with this lineup of bullseye favorites. You've got Moshe Kasher. I was in an airport recently. You ever you ever see somebody and you're just like, oh, so you're what's wrong with everything in the world. Kyle Kinane. Anybody else in here gets so drunk last month you had to call a cab just to take you to Wendy's? W. Kamau Bell. So complicated, my feelings. Morgan Murphy. I don't know if you guys know what a facelift is. It's... When they take your face skin and they uh, peel it away from your face, and in that little space there, that's where they find your self-esteem. Uh, 
And besides them, Greg Barrett, Chris Fairbanks, Karen Kilgariff, Natasha Leggero, Guy Branham, Tony Kameen, and Carol Cole, plus an awesome music lineup hosted by John Roderick of The Long Winters and featuring our pal Gene Gray. Come on, what else are you going to be doing? Don't miss the funniest weekend of your life. Get your tickets right now. Go to BoatParty.biz. Yeah, that's right. BoatParty.biz. The Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival. Comedy. Music. Shuffleboard.